Hello, thanks for checking out the KZMC podcast. My name is April Zaire, and I'm an associate pastor at KZMC. This podcast is a recording of sermon teachings from our 9.30 a.m. Sunday morning worship gatherings. We release a new episode every Tuesday. If you're looking to check out our Sunday mornings, you can find our live stream over on our YouTube channel on Kingsfield Zurich Mennonite Church. We'd also love to have you join us in person. You can find out all the details about our Sunday mornings on our website, kzmc.ca. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Good morning. My name is Deb G. I'm the youth pastor here at KZMC. And uh, I just want to take the time to um, introduce Benita. Benita is a, Benita Eby is a former uh, pastor of WMB Church and uh, is on the executive board of the uh, Canadian Conference of MB Churches. And so uh, she is a burnout prevention strategist. There's a mouthful. <laughs> You're welcome. Yes. <laughs> and, the, and the owner of Breakthrough Personal and Professional Development Incorporated, specializing in burnout prevention and wellness for organizations and individuals um, at the intersection of like health and leadership development. So it sounds like a, a very big, big responsibility and a lot of variety in that. Um, Thank you, Benita, for coming and speaking uh, to us today. I'm just going to offer a quick prayer before we get started. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for each person uh, here in this room and those who are listening uh, by live stream this morning. God, I pray that you would just pour your Holy Spirit out over Benita as she shares what she has on her heart. Um, God, speak to us. Speak to Benita. We welcome your words into our hearts and our lives this morning. Just bless her, God. Amen. Well, thank you, everyone, for having me here today. Thank you so much. I'm going to go to a different position like we talked about, and just let me know if this works for you so I can see the screen a little bit. If it does not, we'll go to plan B. How are we doing? Are we all right? Great. How about you guys do some funky chicken stuff back there if I need to change, all right? Wonderful. Well, thank you for having me here today. Uh, We're going to be talking about unpacking the past in order to create a better future. Let me introduce myself to you. My name is Benita. As was said, I'm married to a wonderful man named Jeff. We've been married for 26 years. And I can tell you that this photo was taken pre-pandemic. You know why? because that man shaved his head for 15 years and now he's got long hair. (laughs) I was raised in Listowel and went to Listowel Mennonite Church growing up. That's where I was baptized and where I got married. And as a matter of fact, when I was a kid, I used to come here, it's a long way, but I used to come here to do Bible quizzing. So it's been a while. Now I've got a story for you in just a moment about the last time I was here. Um, so I was raised on a farm, so I'm a farm girl, live in the city in Kitchener-Waterloo, love both, and uh, we've been, my husband and I have been at WMB, both the Waterloo and Kitchener site for the last 26 years, and now I was a pastor there for 13 of those years, and now I'm a, an executive board member on the Canadian Conference of MB Churches. So let me tell you the last time I was here, and I'm looking over here because I see some ramers over here, and uh, 
I, I know, of course, Anita Bowles and Ryan Yancey, so, so I'm familiar with some people in your church, and I love y'all. Um, Ramers. So Jill is a friend of mine, and Jamie and I were in Arrow Leadership Program together many moons ago, almost 20 years ago. So the last time I was here was when our little cluster of Arrow Leadership uh, pastors came together, and we were going to meet at Zurich Church. So Jamie writes me directions. This is almost 20 years ago. It's before we had Google Maps, before I had GPS. I certainly didn't have anything on my phone. My phone was probably like this big and had a flip to it. So I, I had these directions from Jamie. And I'm not kidding you. I'm coming from Kitchener. He, he tells me on this piece of paper, he says, super easy, super easy. Get on this road. You follow it till you get to the stop sign, and then you turn there. Okay. What he does not tell me is it's 45 minutes down the road. And that's kind of what we're talking about today. You see, for me, I was taking a minor heart attack going, Jamie, where am I supposed to be? And Jamie says to me when I get here, well, was it not clear and accurate? We were both right. We were both right. And today we're talking about perspectives. And I don't come with my perspective being right. If I do everything well today, you'll have no idea what my perspective is. But what we're going to do is look at perspectives. Now, professionally, again, I came from healthcare. I worked with traumatic motor vehicle accident survivors in the hospital in my own clinic. Um, pretty hard on the body, so after about 10 years, I, I retrained in leadership development and worked at WMB Church for the next 13 years. And uh, loved that, loved the church, were there. Um, but I was doing leadership development, project management, training teams, all of that kind of stuff. But it's also on a crisis line 24 hours, seven days a week. And so with, you know, 1,000, 1,200 people coming in every week to your church and 2,000 cycling through in a month, and then we took care of our community, that was a lot of crisis, and I went through burnout. Now, this is a long time since then. I am now a burnout prevention strategist and executive coach and owner of Breakthrough Personal and Professional Development. Now, today is going to be a little bit different than your average message, okay? Craig and April have both heard me speak before um, at the Ontario Conference, the Canadian Conference, and MCEC. And so Craig had approached me and said, hey, um, some of the stuff that you're working on and some of the stuff I'm reading from you, we need to talk about in our church. And so they specifically asked me to come and talk about unpacking the past in order to move into a better future. And I'll tell you how we're going to do that in a minute. But I want you to be aware that we're not going to be exegeting uh, scripture today. Uh, it's just going to look a little bit different. So if you have any eggs in your hand, you're thinking of throwing them, just, just hold on to them for a little while, okay? It's also going to be just a little bit longer. Um, I, was, I was given about 35 minutes um, so you, you can put, anybody who wants to time me, you can put it in 35 minutes. If I'm one second over, you can, you can throw that egg. All right? We good? Wonderful. All right, so today we're talking about the pandemic, and I know that that's going to freak everybody out. Uh, it's, it's something we've been talking about for the last two and a half years. It's a thing we don't really want to talk about, and yet we need to in order to move into a healthy place. So today, again, if I do everything right, you will not know any of my opinions or any of my judgments. I come with none of that to you today. The point is we want to look at some ideas of how to move healthfully into the future. So this is what we're going to be doing today. I'm going to go over six challenges that we have been, that have been creating undue stress 
over the last two and a half years. We're going to look at how each one of those challenges is played out in our lives. And I'm going to give you some, some examples of those things. You're going to be able to come up with many more than what I am doing. And then we're going to look at one simple way forward for each of those. Typically, I would do this in a, in a full-day workshop. We'd be all talking, coming up with ideas, you coming up with your own solutions. But today is just like a 30-minute time together. So I'm going to give you one simple step for each one of those six. All right? Then we're going to close off with a little bit of soul care and looking at Matthew 11, and I'll leave you with a couple resources. Sound good? Great. So what just happened? <laughs> The pandemic, does everybody feel like their head is spinning? Do you feel like, I don't even know how to have conversations anymore. I've barely seen anybody for almost three years. Do you feel like, well, nothing actually changed for me? Everybody's in a different spot, but we're all reeling from the last two and a half years and trying to figure out, well, what do I do with this? And I want you to know that, that when you look at what just happened to us and what does it mean for the future? You are not alone. I work um, across sectors and it does not matter if I am talking with people who are from healthcare, from corporate, from nonprofit, from municipalities or churches and, and conferences. Everywhere I am talking and listening to people, they all want the same thing. They want it to be over. They want it to be done. They want the pandemic just to be part of the history books and to go back to normal. Who wants normal? I don't know what normal is. I can tell you that if, I, if we took the time to ask what normal is, I'm going to get a different answer from every single one of you today. So we all want that same thing. And, and, and the thing is, we have to have a response that makes sense. So if we just simply put it behind us and say, okay, you know what, I'm going to do that ostrich thing, my head's going in the ground, and, and we're just not going to talk about it again, is that helpful? We need to be able to look at the past in order to understand our present to be able to move well into the future. So how are you doing? Take a moment, go inside just for a moment. How are you doing? On a scale of one to 10, where 10 is, hey, I'm thriving, I am living at my best and I feel great. Or one being, I'm exhausted. I don't know which end is up and I don't really know how to talk with people anymore. Where are you at today, just internally? Wherever you find yourself today, I want you to know you're not alone. And today is just, oh my, I have been flipping forward, haven't I? Gotta watch that thumb. Um, wherever you are today, we are, this is just a starting point of unpacking where you are and knowing that you're okay, all right? So as is mentioned, I'm a burnout prevention strategist and we're not talking about workplace burnout today. But I'm going to start here and say that with burnout, there are six factors, according to research, that create burnout in any given organization. Doesn't matter if it's a church, doesn't matter if it's corporate. Okay, they are overwhelming workload, a lack of autonomy or control, a lack of reward, a lack of connection, a lack of equity or fairness, and a conflict of values. Now here's the thing, again, today we're not talking about burnout. But what we are going to talk about is the fact that every single one of these factors that contribute toward burnout 
also have been playing in our lives, whether we are retired, whether we're grandma or grandpa, great grandma and grandpa over here, whether we're, we're little ones. All across this, we have experienced these same six factors, and so I've been watching the research coming in. We're gonna unpack each one of these ones just a little bit. We're gonna start with workload. My goodness. If, if that keeps happening, let me know. I apologize that the slides are going a little bit fast here. So workload. The whole point with overwhelming workload is there's just too much to do in too little time. We can all relate to this, and it doesn't matter if you are going to work every single day or if you are retired, you have experienced increased workload. So over the last two and a half years, what does that look like? Well, there's been new demands on us every one of us. We're learning new technologies. How many of you have been on a Zoom call in the last two and a half years? Put up your hands. Keep your hands up if you were on Zoom three years ago before the pandemic. Right, you've had to learn new technology. If you're at work, maybe you've had to learn 50 new technologies, and that is not an exaggeration. Um, there are new situations. Some of you are at work and you had to go from working on site or in a, an office to all of a sudden working from home and going, I don't have an office. I got kids at home. Are you kidding me? I got to do this now for the next how long? Um, we, some of you have worked as, as paramedics or you're in the hospital and you've worked within the crisis the whole time. Some of you are retired and, and you thought your childcare duties were done and all of a sudden, there need to be help with school and childcare. So all of us have experienced this increased workload and that has resulted in us being exhausted. And people are cynical. People are becoming cynical and I don't use that word in a bad way, I just mean that, that we're tired, so we're, we're frustrated. People are frustrated with the world, with the government, with the church, with our families with our friends, and yet that's not the way we're meant to be. So what do we need? We need rest. How many of you are runners here in this room, or ever have been runners? All right, not as big of a crowd when you're out in, out in, in rural as it is when you're in the city, but let me just tell you that I used to run marathons, and the last time I ran a marathon, it was in Chicago, and it's actually in the Guinness Book of World Records because there was 40,000 people ran that marathon that day. Oprah showed up in her helicopter and watched us from the sky. It was very, very exciting. So <laughs> you get to the end of the marathon, and guess what the first thing is that I did? First is I started crying because I was just had such relief that it was done. It was a hot day and someone who arrived across the finish line 10 minutes before us had dropped, dropped dead of a heart attack. She was in her 30s. And so I got across that finish line and I just started crying. <laughs> I was just so relieved I didn't have to go anymore. And then I needed to rest. Wet and got some good grub with our friends. Um, my husband and I, my running partner and, and his wife, we all went out, we got a lot, of, we ate a lot that night. And, um, and we socialized, we had fun, we laughed, we cried, we did all that kind of stuff. And you know what, you and I, we've all been through a marathon this last two and a half years. It's been a whole lot longer than 42.2 kilometers. We've ran, and we didn't have a lot of control in it. And so what do we do? We need to rest. We need to, to go back to some basics and, and take care of our bodies. 
get the exercise we need, get the food we need that's going to nourish us. No more just grabbing that sugary snack in order to, to handle the stress that's going on. We, we need to put down our phones. Some of you will struggle with that and some of you won't. Um, you know, in corporate, they actually hire me to come in and teach people how to put down their phones. And it's because we're on call 24 hours, seven days a week, and I burned out from that. And guess what's happening all across this world? So get off your social media. Give your brain a rest. And then rest with people. We've been so isolated. Get with people in a safe way. Learn how to be together once again. The second factor is a lack of autonomy or a lack of control. And this often has to do with um, a lack of control around what we do, when we do, where we do it, and how we do it. That's a big mouthful, but let me give you an example of what that can look like. For some of you, throughout the pandemic, where you live changed. We've had more people migrate across this country than I can ever remember before. For some of you, you were used to going into an office, you were going to a, a workplace, and all of a sudden that changed, you were working from home. You didn't have a lot of choice around it, right? You were mandated. It, it happened. You, you needed to make changes for everybody to be safe. Um, for some of you, those of you who are retired, uh, you wanted to go to the grocery store, you had your 11 o'clock, but all of a sudden they said, well, we want to keep you safe, and so you should show up at 8 o'clock. And that changed your life. The rest of us stood in line for an hour or two hours, and you got inside, and there were no toilet paper left anyway. It felt like there was a lack of control. Do you see where I'm going with this? There was restrictions and mandates. Some people felt like there was freedoms that, that um, they didn't have. And it doesn't matter where you land. It doesn't matter what you believe about those things. What matters is we all felt a lack of control. Guys, we got to have some predictability. I work with pastors and denominations across Canada, and one of the things I am seeing is that pastors and leaders are saying, okay, we're exhausted, but we gotta start some new things. We've been missing out for the last two and a half years. We gotta start some new programs. We gotta reach out to our neighborhoods. We gotta do this and that and the next thing and the next thing. But what do we need when we are exhausted? We need rest. And I can tell you, I, I don't know about the pastors here because I have not talked to them about this. So this is not specific to here, but I can tell you that pastors across Canada and North America are exhausted. And we are trying to figure out how do we make sure that they stay with us, that they are healthy, that they can continue on. So one of the things I recommend is to go back to your mission, your vision, your, and your values inside your church. Instead of thinking of, of all the great things we've been dreaming of and we can start right now, what if we take a look at our mission, our vision, our values, and we say, what is the simplest thing that we can do to make that happen? Get focused on the basics for now. We don't need a lot more change. Number three is a lack of reward, and this often comes as a lack of meaning, lack of purpose, or a lack of appreciation. So over the last couple of years, this come out in extrinsic ways and intrinsic ways. So extrinsically, that means the things that come to us from the external in, okay? So for many of us, we would go to a job, we'd go around the water cooler, we'd have conversations with colleagues and friends, and you felt good from that. That's an external reward. Uh, but for most of us, we didn't have that anymore. We were alone. We worked behind a computer. How many of you work behind a computer eight plus hours a day like I do? 
It's happening all over the world. For some of you, you lost your job. You had to find a new job. For some of you, you're in the opposite position, and you're saying, I just need workers, and I can't get anybody. And it's a real challenge. So those external things that used to make you feel good, are, a lot of those things were gone throughout the pandemic. Intrinsically, it's the things that make us feel good from the inside. So most of us felt good about having a sense of purpose or um, just knowing that we're making a difference in the world. Imagine within the church. It doesn't matter if you are retired, if you work, whatever. In the church, you found that intrinsic reward by making a difference in the community. But that was gone for a long time. And on top of that is conflict. Conflict is one of the biggest things for causing problems around reward. So what do we do? We need to actually bring reward back. We need to celebrate every good story. Because even though the last two and a half years have been so difficult and all of us will have experienced that differently, so I want to acknowledge that. And God has been up to some good things. We need to share those stories. We need to celebrate together. We need to report on those things. That will bring the joy back and help us to overcome this piece. The next one is a lack of connection. And this can be a lack of connection with our pastor, a lack of connection with the team or the leaders that we would volunteer with. It can be a lack of connection with our families, our friends, our church. We've just had a lack of connection. That's happened because we've had so much isolation. And I don't know if it's the same for you out here in Zurich as it is in the city. It might be a little bit different. And yet all of us have experienced isolation to a certain extent. There's been loss of relationships. For some of us, that's because we've had family or friends who passed away due to COVID. Some of us lost relationships for other reasons. Some of us lost relationships because there was conflict and we couldn't get past it. And that's not the way of the cross. And so there's been all this loss and it's taken a toll on us mentally and emotionally and spiritually and in every way. Guys, we need connection to be together and to love one another in a safe way. And here's what I want to say on this. I think most of us want to be together, and yet we have people in our church, in our community, that for them it's not, it's not safe for whatever reason. Maybe they have MS, maybe they've been through cancer, maybe their immune system is down for whatever way. Can, can we lay aside our stuff and say, but we want to make it welcoming for everyone. How do we do that? So make it safe for people. Let love be the grid that helps us to walk forward. This is four, or sorry, number five out of six is a lack of equity or a lack of fairness, which can also mean a lack of equal opportunity. Okay. Every single one of us has likely experienced this. Put up your hand if you felt at some point throughout the pandemic, this is not fair. I'm thinking there's a couple people lying to me. Because <laughs> I'm expecting every hand to be up here. <laughs> 
we've all felt like something is not fair. And in this room, and I could be wrong, but from from what I can see, most of us come from the dominant culture. We're white. We actually have an upper hand compared to how um, many people have experienced this. I'm so grateful to see the land acknowledgement that you have in your foyer. Bless you. I bet that if you were talking to an indigenous friend today, they would say it was more difficult than it was for us who are dominant culture. So thank you. Let's have our, our eyes open around those things. For all of us, um, whether it meant uh, uh, you, you felt a lack of freedom because of mandates or you felt a lack of freedom just because I, I can't do things as normal, um, every one of us has experienced a lack of something. And for some of you, you had a career that was going pretty well, and all of a sudden you need to come home, whether you're mom or dad, or you need to do childcare. Or you are retired, and you thought those days were done, and all of a sudden you are having to help little Johnny or little Jill with, with their homework. And it wasn't what you were anticipating. We need to have opportunity ways for everybody to be able to participate in some way. Not with expectation, not with a whole bunch of rules of, hey, you have to, have to, but more with an open hand and saying, we invite you. And how do we do that in a way that's inclusive, regardless of, of someone's socioeconomic status, regardless of um, their gender or the color of the skin or all of these things. How can we make things inclusive so that we can all feel like this is a home to us? And watch our expectations. How many times has someone who is single heard, well, I think you can probably give more because you don't have a family to go home to. Ouch. We've got to be careful with our expectations. Same with people who don't have kids. Right? Yeah, there are higher expectations for someone who is retired because you're, you're not child caring right now. You must have all the time in the world, and yet we're not living each other's lives. So let's have lots and lots of grace for one another. And the last thing is a lack or con- uh, sorry, conflict of values, where there is a disconnect between personal and organizational values. Now, the place that this has been happening in our society is there might be a conflict between our personal values and the values that our church has stated or the government has stated, or wherever it is that we're going. We've, most people have experienced some type of conflict of values. And the way that's, that's, that's played out is this friction between personal values and greater good. Or mandates, do I agree, don't I agree, does my spouse agree, does my friend agree, all of these things, it's so complicated, right? And you see this friction of values. There's church versus state. We're having all kinds of conversations about that. Again, wherever you land, there's just conflict of values. And how many of you have not experienced sitting down with a friend or a family member and, and thought, we're at a stalemate. I don't even know how to walk through this because we have different opinions. It's hard. These are values conflicts, and yet we are called to love and to walk with and figure this stuff out together. So as a church, how do we communicate? Is there a way that we can communicate 
openly and honestly. Laying down our armor, I know we're Mennonites here, so not a lot of armor, but we got our own armor. Laying down our armor and saying, I'm willing to listen to you even if you have a different perspective. Listening to one another, hearing each other, being authentic and doing so in love and with humility. Let's take just a few minutes to close with some soul care, how we transform ourselves in our community based on what we've just heard. Matthew 11, 28 to 30 says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Four very quick points. Pray. You all can recite it where Jesus asked his disciples, who do you say that I am? The more that we dig into who he is and we understand who God is and who we are in him, the more that we will be able to pray, trusting that he has a way through this. Care. God wants to care for you. He loves you. He says, come to me, you who are burdened and, and weary. I will give you rest. He is the place that we go for our rest. And then share that love, share that care for others, reaching out, caring for that person who is lonely, caring for that person who does not know God yet, caring for one another, even when we have different perspectives. And last is daring. If God is who he says he is, can we dare to trust him? I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to leave you with just a couple of resources. Dear Lord God, thank you for this beautiful congregation of people that you have brought together for such a time as this. Lord, I pray that you will guide them how to maneuver through the challenges that they have experienced individually and collectively and as a society in this church. Help them, Lord, to know who you are, who they are in you, to pray and, and receive your care, to share, and to dare to trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me leave you with just a couple of resources. Um, every month I write an article in the MB Herald called Resilient Leadership. If you would like to go deeper into what I spoke on today, I did a four-part series from May to September called Leading Through the Trauma of COVID. And then every month there is a new article. On my website, www.break-through.ca, there is a blog, and there are many, many articles there to help you with your personal wellness and well-being, walking through the things that you've dealt with, as well as organizational health. And lastly, if any of you think that you may be going through burnout or somebody in your family, there is a free burnout assessment on the website that you can download and use for free. Feel free to be in touch with me anytime. Thank you.